let's wind up our chat on this question. Looking forward, Bernie Sanders has announced this past week. Uh, I think most of us are very excited about that prospect. One of the key, you know, uh, benefits of having someone like Sanders in office, as opposed to like even say Warren or perhaps even Tulsi Gabbard, is the fact that I think we all agree that Sanders would would, would quite likely make the best appointments of any of the candidates right now, and that's a key uh, advantage that he brings to the table. Uh, but with that being said, um, you know there are some other appointments that we might well disagree with. What is your sense right now, Daniel? Who is his foreign policy team? Who comprises that team? And uh, what would it look like to have a Bernie Sanders presidency in the foreign policy realm? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And so there was that recent cover article in the, in the Nation by, by David Klyon on uh, Matt Duss. So uh, Matt Duss, I think, is one of the major figures behind uh, the Bernie Sanders foreign policy. And Matt, and Matt is someone who I've been listening to for years. He was on Blogging Heads for a long time. Uh, and, and he's got a lot of really good, uh, really, I mean, I, I basically kind of agree with everything he says. And also he's sort of a funny, funny guy who takes people on on Twitter, which is which is something I appreciate. And so I think he's really good. And so I actually think if Bernie was um, able to win, win the presidency, that you'd have a, uh, a pretty good um, person in charge of appointing people. But the thing that I'm worried about is that, that, frankly, there's just not enough left foreign policy people. There just are not the institutional bases that have been building up cohorts of, of foreign policy people like there are amongst the liberal, the mainstream liberals and, and the mainstream conservatives, both the center right and the center left. So uh, I'm a bit worried about that, that frankly, you have these enormous bureaucracies, the State Department, the Department of Defense, the National Security Council, the Council of Economic Advisors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which require literally probably a few thousand people to staff. Are there a few thousand people who are devoted to left wing foreign policy principles who also who also have the, the, the connect, these sort of elite connections to these people that would allow them to get appointed? I'm not sure. So I think one of the things to, to be worried about, and it's through no fault of, of, of Bernie, frankly, uh, at all, it might be the fault of us as leftists and generations of leftists is that there's not a very deep bench. So the worry is that you, even though Matt Dust wants to appoint the best possible people, there's just not enough people to literally appoint. And so you have internal divisions within the Sanders administration about what to do. People who are still committed to the American empire, even though they don't use the, that term necessarily, but who agree that Iraq was a bad thing and you shouldn't invade Iraq. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean you should remove bases from Japan or South Korea. Right or or, get, or close down Guantanamo. That is going to be an important debate going forward, and it really gets back to fundamentals, which we ha- which we haven't had a true debate about the fundamentals of what the United States should do in the world really since the 1930s and 40s. And so we need to have those very fundamental debates: is should should the United States be the prime military power? Right? Should the United States, as I said, to keep on saying again, it's really important, have access to all these bases? Should the United States provide so much military aid to places like Saudi Arabia and Israel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So I think this is going to be a, a really important issue going forward. Um, and I hope that uh, we on the left could use the energy of Bernie's primary campaign to begin challenging um, the centrist uh, liberal Democrats, w- with whom, frankly, we're going to have to caucus with. Right. And in this presidential system, we're going to have to build coalitions with people with whom we might fundamentally disagree and how we're going to do that in a way that allows us to effectively achieve our policy, which I think 
and, and this level is one stopping kinetic wars and two drawing down the American empire in a serious way is something that we're going to have to think about uh, very seriously in the next few years and uh, something uh, a question that I don't have any specific answer to right now. Well, I think I think part of the answer might be uh, you obviously have to uh, leave yourself available to be uh, caught up by a possible Pakistan's <laughs> presidency. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll start a draft Daniel, a draft Daniel <laughs> hashtag. I don't know if uh, Bernie listens to uh, Dead Pundit Society. I, you know, let's, let's, let's hope somebody out there in his team is, uh, is listening. I've said it before. Let's call, give him a call. He's, he's, he's on the bench. He's ready to go. He's warmed up. <laughs> he's been doing sit-ups and push-ups all day. He's ready to go. But it's a real practical problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a real practical problem. You see left governments taking office throughout history, and what happens is, I mean, I think on the best end of things, they sort of empty out their cadres from the party or from the organizations and from civil society, and the cadres all flood into government. Well, best case scenario, let's say you have those 1,000 people to staff those, those, uh, off, those seats, those offices, which you don't, but let's say you did. Well, who's out there in civil society holding that government accountable, Right. There's nobody else out there kind of uh, pushing and, and holding folks accountable and pressing further in a more principled leftward direction. And you have some real craven kind of institutionalized bureaucratic governments right. throughout history. You look at the Soviet system, uh, fell prey to that in many respects throughout the 1920s and 30s. And it's not a, not a lesson we want to repeat. And it, exactly right. And I think that's one of the problems because American foreign policy, the institutions of American foreign policymaking were consciously designed to be separated from the public and from Congress. Right. So they're actually one, one of the uh, important things uh, President Bernie could do is actually create some sort of mechanism that could hold the foreign policy establishment to the demos in a real way where people could sanction you know, where, where the public could sanction people like Elliot Abrams or Paul Wolfowitz or, or these sort of p people who constantly recycle themselves in these institutions in a, in a meaningful way. What that mechanism is, I don't have an answer to, but I think we should think about what it could possibly be. Well, it also comes down to uh, also taking on the money and interest, right? Because mm -hmm. all these right-wing think tanks, these pro-war think tanks, who are they funded by? They're funded by arms manufacturers. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the left does not have, um, you know, there, there aren't peace <laughs> manufacturers who are making profit of, uh, of less conflict, who are, you know, who are funding think tanks on the left, which is one of the problems that we have. We, we don't have that same money. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, that's not a solution for his immediate presidency. But I feel like dismantling the power of money in the United States uh, will be crucial to limiting the power um, of this kind of hawkish foreign policy and, and perhaps creating more space for, for people similar to, to Matt Dust and yourself, Daniel, to, to, to rise up. This concludes your free teaser of this week's B-Side. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.